Hey there, beautiful souls. It's Lexi. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Starter, the podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, uh, Lauren Mang. She is the owner of her, a professional organizing business called Let Me Organize It, and also owns a side business called Get Littles Organized, where she helps families and children that are six months to six years get organized in the home. We talked about so much today from setting boundaries to how to create functional organizing systems in the home that the whole entire family can be involved with, even the littles, even the six month to one year olds, and how to make it fun, how to not have it be just about chores and the home needing to look perfect. She actually makes it obtainable for her clients, for the listeners. I feel like you'll even gain some value out of today's episode, just ideas of how to get your kids more involved in helping around the house. And why? Ultimately, because the more organized and the more functional our spaces are, the more time we have to be present, to be with our kids, to do things that we're passionate about, to take the 20-minute long bath at the end of the day. It's important that everybody is involved in the family home, especially for those mamas that are also business owners. We see you and we know how much hard work you are putting in. And yeah, Lauren is just a wealth of knowledge and brought so much value to today's episode. So Lauren Mang is a compassionate, kind, and mindful organizer with a focus on holistic organizing. After a decade in the fine arts industry, living in New York, London, and LA, she relocated to San Francisco and started her business, Let Me Organize It. She earned her CVOP in 2020 and her CPO in 2021. These are certified professional organizer accolades. And in 2021, she started her second business, Get Littles Organized. Lauren's other professional interests include public speaking, local volunteer opportunities, mentorship, and developing educational programs. When she's not working, she can be found distracting herself on Instagram, giving human design chart readings, and doing jigsaw puzzles, which actually in the background of her episode today, she did have a jigsaw puzzle on the table, which I love fellow jigsaw puzzle lover here. Well, without further ado, let's just get into it. This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Hey there, beautiful souls. It's Lexi and Jess, and we are here with Lauren. Lauren is a professional organizer um, focusing on holistic professional organizing. So that's how I personally have met her, and I'm so excited for her to share a little bit of our world. And we'll just dive right in. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Well, we're excited to have you. So I actually met Lauren through a speaking engagement that she did with our local chapter for organizers here. And it was all about setting boundaries. And you brought mindset into it so much that I was like, we've got to get you on the podcast because we're on the same wavelength here. And just to like all of us focused so much on mindset 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lexi told me about your, your speech and we were both so excited to learn a little bit more, even dive a little bit deeper with you today. So we're excited to do that. That's perfect. Yeah, so I'm a projector in human design and I love, I love deep topics. So let's go. <laughs> I got two projectors with me. I know. <laughs> Twinning. Well, let's wind it back a little bit and have you share how you got into business and kind of what brought you to starting your own business mm. and big one. Yes, it is. I uh, started my business back in 2014. I was introduced to the organizing world back in 2012. I interned for a professional organizer in Los Angeles and she um, was looking for an intern and I had no idea that this was a profession. And so it was really exciting to be able to use this natural talent that I had and learn from somebody who was already running a business. And then I ended up moving away with a job um, to the San Francisco Bay Area and then a year later being laid off. And that was my third layoff in uh, five years. (laughs) And it was also actually, yeah, my third layoff in five years. And it was during a time too, when I was in this relationship that I realized was to a sociopath and that had completely like, not just dissolved, like exploded. Um, and I realized that I didn't have any other choice. So I had left this job that I had temporarily started at a, a winery cause I was living right near Napa. And I thought, Oh, I'll go into the wine business. Not a great idea. I had to start from scratch. And I was like, Nope. I mean, in hospitality, you work like weekends and, and holidays. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. So I left that job. I moved in with my best friend's parents cause my family doesn't live in state anymore. And I just was like, what do I do? Cause uh, the unemployment office was like, well, you left this job. And I was like, no, I was, I was evicted, which kind of true, kind of not, because I had to leave this guy's house that I was, I'd lived with him. And I couldn't drive because I had this electric car. So I could not physically drive back to that job. So I was, I was trying to explain this to them. And they're like, nope, you, you're not going to get unemployment. And so I had to do something. So I had this skill. And I decided to start my own business. And I've never looked back because it's absolutely the right thing. And so it was one of those moments of, you know, okay, it's time to jump off this cliff. You're either going to land on your feet and have to figure something else out or you're going to fly. Because I don't believe you crash and burn. I think that's just in the movies. You know, we never crash and burn. We just either land on our feet and have to try something else or we fly. So it worked out. And then I'd say maybe a year later, I saw on the uh, organizers forum that uh, we belong to that they were thinking of starting a special interest group for holistic organizers. And I was like, Ooh, what's that? And so we started on LinkedIn before they created an official group. Um, so I came in at that level and then they finally said, okay, we have enough people. Let's go ahead and bring this to the organization. So I was kind of one of the founding members of that special interest group and realized that I was a holistic organizer because I was taking a heart-centered approach to working with clients and meeting them where they were in that moment in time. So sometimes we as organizers come in and we say, okay, we're going to organize a garage. And we have a very specific plan for organizing that garage. But maybe the client actually had like a really rough night or is going through something and we need to be more gentle about the approach and not just dive into what we think is right. And so following that path has really worked out well for me. And it has introduced me to a lot of other amazing organizers like you, Lexi, who also has a holistic focus. And I just think that this is the way 
of the future with organizing specifically. Totally. It's not, it's not the same for someone to come in and Pinterest your pantry as it is for someone to come in and work with you because you have two kids with severe food allergies and they don't want a Pinterest worthy pantry. They want a safe pantry for their two children who have different food allergies. So coming at it from this approach, like you said, it's heart centered, holistic, mindful to actually help your client achieve their goals. is just such a beautiful thing. I'm curious, when did mindset come into play for you? Like, was it early on in your learning to be an organizer and starting your business? Or was there like a switch? Was there something that happened in your personal life? Like, why mindset? Why holistic? I think the holistic group started first. um, And then around the same time, I was, I think this is all about like late 2015, early 2016. And I was also doing a self-care challenge on Instagram that was led by another organizer. And so that's kind of where some of the mindset shifts came into focus. Like one of my favorite images is a, it's this specific image. I'll have to send it to you. And I don't know whose it is and I want to give them credit, but it's such a great image. It's a picture of a teacup and it's on, this is beautiful, like China teacup on a saucer. And it's um, the tea is like splashing out of the teacup into the saucer. And the person who was teaching that self-care challenge for the day was saying like, you can't just fill from, uh, they say that you should pour from your cup, but you shouldn't be pouring from your cup. Your cup needs to be so full that it's overflowing onto the saucer. And that's where you're serving your community from because you can't deplete yourself to fill other people. You have to be so full and overflowing that you're then serving from your saucer. And that was like one of probably the biggest mind shift moments for me. And it just got me to start getting curious about different ways of thinking. And then it coincided with meeting a woman in my area who trained with Karen Kingston, who wrote the book, clear your clutter with feng shui. And she does space clearing. Uh, Karen Kingston does, but also this woman named Tracy. And I met her at an organizing networking event. And like, as soon as I met her, I was like, I was meant to meet you. I was, we were meant to meet in this lifetime and you're going to help me with things. And so I've attended her workshops and these meditation things that she would do. And, and then I started, I hired her as a love and relationships coach, primarily to help me with parental relationships, but then also, and specifically my mother, and then also to kind of heal from the last relationship I was in. She opened me up to a lot of mindset shifts and holistic practices as well. So all just kind of came from different areas. You make it sound so flawless. Like it just like all organically unraveled out. And I think that, you know, when you're in alignment with something, it does, but also don't want to discredit the work that you put in and those little implementation and strategies or not strategies, action steps that you took it took to be able to allow yourself to open your mindset, to open to a new belief system, to open to healing because because I think so often it's so easy to, to look back and say, Oh, that was, they healed that. And that was so easy and so flawless for them. And although it can organically unravel as it should, if you are living in an alignment, which it sounds like you really were, but also don't want to discredit all of your hard work either of all of the effort that you put in to be able to move through that transformation too. So kudos to you. There's synchronicities uh, all around. And, and that's what I, I think one of the self-care challenges was to like open yourself up to these different synchronicities and what's going on. And 
Yeah. I think I, I appreciate you saying that people have always told me that I'm lucky, but I think, and my dad always told me this it's luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And so you have to be prepared and know what's going on to then have this opportunity that, you know, like, okay, I'm going to jump on that. And, and it is hard work. I appreciate you saying that it is very hard work and a lot of people aren't ready to face it. Um, and I think too, I was raised to not be a victim. And so it was kind of like, okay, I've got to figure this out. I'm not going to say that this keeps happening to me. And so now I realize that it is about what's, what is, what's happening is happening for you. And that's another mindset shift. And, and to say like, what's the lesson here? And it, it sucks to have to feel like there's a lesson in everything, but I mean, that, we're here to learn a lot of stuff. So we got to learn the lesson some way. Totally. I 100% look at life probably a little bit too much of like, hmm, what's the lesson? I'm going to overanalyze this and totally get in my head about it. But I like, I'm a, I'm like a heady person. I like mm-hmm. to think through things a lot. Um, this makes me think too of your speech, which you gave to our group of organizers, which was all around setting boundaries, setting boundaries with clients and setting boundaries with people around you, family, friends, business partners, whatever it might be like, this is what I need in order to succeed and fill my teacup so much that it is actually pouring over. So I don't know if you have like a couple top of mind boundary tips for our listeners who are primarily mamas, maybe want to start a business or have already started a business, maybe are in the points of growing and scaling their business. Like how, how can they find more ease in setting boundaries with people in their life? This is an excellent question. I think first and foremost is just, again, I think, you know, especially for the moms out there, like pull from your kids, get curious. Asking questions is not about either, you know, not always about gathering information or trying to be annoying. Some people are like, stop asking so many questions, but asking questions is about getting curious about what the other options are out there. And so I would say, you know, get, get curious and ask questions about what you want. And for moms too, it's so hard that I think this is one of the hardest groups to kind of reach on this because you oftentimes have these kids who are so dependent on you and you're always putting them first. And the thing that's so interesting too about moms versus dads is that typically mother's identities are tied up in the mothering. So you started off as a person, your own individual, and then you got married and now you're someone's wife. (laughs) Then you had kids and now you're someone's mom. And you're still you, but that gets really overshadowed. And so I'd say the first step is to have some boundaries to make sure that you're still, you still get to be you. You're still doing the things that you love to do. And that doesn't mean that you can't love mothering, but there's something else that you love doing. There's something else that maybe you're here in service to do. And then finding that time. And I think this is the hardest part for moms, especially with really little children. But even if it's 10 minutes a day, just to yourself for what you want to do, because you're also then modeling this behavior for children that it's so important for them too to have 
time to themselves and say when they need time for themselves and to spend time on themselves. So that's one boundary they could start to implement is 10 minutes a day. Minimum, if you can go for more, great. Sometimes I understand you can't even get a shower or go to the bathroom by yourself. So do what you can. And then the other thing is practice. It's really, it seems very daunting and seems really difficult to set boundaries when you were never allowed to have them. So the first is being curious. I guess I didn't finish that thought. Being curious about having them and what does that look like and opening your mind up to the fact that even though you've never had them, you can have them and then how to do that. And then it's just practicing putting them in place. And I promise you all, it gets easier when you practice. You're still going to run up against difficult situations and it's going to feel icky at first and uncomfortable because you're not used to doing it. It's like learning to walk. You're wobbly when you first learn to walk because you've never done it before, but you keep trying. So I think you just keep practicing. And once you start to see the results, it feels so good that you can't help but keep doing it. So it gets better. And I'd say that, you know, people, you might come up against some resistance at first because people weren't used to you having boundaries. But what I've noticed is, is that for the people who um, accept and respect your boundaries, those are the right people. The people who don't like your boundaries at first, it's fine for them to be a little like, this is new. But if they keep then trying to push your boundaries or control them, these are the wrong people for you. And that's a really great lesson to learn and be able to move away from. And what I will tell you is, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I grew up with a narcissistic mother who never, she listened to all my phone calls. She read my diary. I was not allowed to have boundaries. And so working with Tracy, who I mentioned earlier, she's the one who helped me to realize that it's okay to put boundaries in place and, and that they are a manual to how you will accept being treated. It's not, everybody worries that like boundaries are this wall and this defense, but it's not. You, with boundaries, you actually can be incredibly vulnerable with people, but you are um, letting people know what you will and won't tolerate. And I think that that's really empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The word that was coming to mind was respect, like mm-hmm. showing people the amount of respect that you need to, to just fulfill your own basic needs. And then some mm-hmm. is it's really key. And I used to have a hard time with boundaries myself. Like I was very much I still am, but a people pleaser or like trying to put other people's needs first. So the teacup reference is huge for me, mm-hmm. but I've over the last few years really been practicing saying no more or setting more expectations and all the anxiety and the build up to that point of asking for those boundaries or no was actually more hard than the conversation of just asking for boundaries. Like if I'm thinking of you know, a conversation of having with my husband you just be like, Shh, okay, sure. That sounds great. Like, what can I do to support you? And like you said, those people who can't give you the immediate respect and to your needs, like maybe it's a more of a practice, especially if it's a family member and you can't exactly just cut them out of your life, but it would take a little bit more time, but it's important to have that respect. So Thank you for sharing that. And well, it's also about self-respect, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, totally. You're respecting your own needs, which again, moms are so good at pushing their needs. And like my friend just had cataract surgery and then her daughter was sick. And so she was missing the time to put her own eye drops in and take care of herself post-surgery because she had a daughter who needed tending to. And 
this is what I'm talking about. We're often, you know, you're responsible for another life. And so you're putting your entire self aside. And she was so frustrated. And she called me to say like, I'm now feeling it in my eye and I should have been doing my drops all along. And so now she's like, okay, I'm going to start putting myself first and at least just listening to when the timer goes off and knowing that I have to take care of myself in that moment because I'm not going to be good at taking care of her if I'm not feeling good, if I'm frustrated from that. Um, So yeah, it's about self-respect. And I think to, you know, I do want to say, and I, I understand what you were saying with like, you can't always cut people out of your life. And I agree that that's not always something that we should jump to. But there were two times in my life where I did have to cut my mother out of my life in order to heal and work on that relationship in order to see if there was a way of restarting or bringing her back in. And so I would say, do that, cut that person off if you can and see how you can heal and work through that to then see if it's worth going back and fixing. And, and, you know, long story short, I was able to do that. I have much better relationship with my mother now having healed that relationship and gone back with very specific boundaries. And she has been able to meet me there. And that's really great. And I think the other thing too, Lexi, that we bonded over was that um, you are a mother. I am not, but I am obsessed with big little feelings and they talk about boundaries all the time and setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and that people don't have to like your boundary but here's the boundary. Your toddler doesn't have to like the boundary. Here's the boundary. And I think that you modeling the behavior too for children is helping them create really strong boundaries. And again, it just makes me really excited to see what this next generation is going to do having healthy boundaries and being able to implement them and take care of themselves. So. Yeah. I think that a lot of us like in our generation are at least all the parents that I'm surrounding myself with, it seems like we're all very mindful of like just being there for our kids. And I think social media like definitely plays a role in it because like we can see big little feelings so easily and learn from what they're teaching. Um, But it's becoming more and more important for us to heal ourselves and then give the space for our kids to grow into the little beings that they want to be versus just saying like, you know, this is the good girl outfit and you have to wear it. And this is what's expected of you. And it doesn't matter if you're a generator, a projector, a Manny Gen or whatever it is, if we're talking human design. Yeah. I often feel like something has to happen in your life, some sort of transformation in order for you to be able to shift into that boundary setting phase. And for me, it was actually having children, right? So I had to learn how to set my own boundaries before I could teach my children how to set their own boundaries, right? Like if I'm teaching them to set boundaries for their body or for the way that people treat them or the way that people talk to them and then holding that boundary, I also have to do the same exact thing. And so parenting for me was actually like the transformation or shift that made me do a lot of self inner work to say, wait a second you actually need to hold true to everything that you're teaching your kids or like wake up call Jess, because you have to understand how to set your own boundaries and that self-respect that you're talking about the self-worth that comes with boundaries. But what I've found over the years is that 
the more I set boundaries, the people who are supposed to be in your court or in your circle, they actually are highly respectful of them. And it often provides further guidance of how to love you better or how to treat you better or how to be in your circle even better. Right. And so I think it actually deepens the bond if they're with the right people. And you inspire them to have boundaries if they've never had it. It's this like great domino effect when people can see that somebody who struggled with it and you know, I didn't know this was a problem until I started doing this love and relationships coaching thing. And I found out like, Hey, you know, she she gave me this book by Melanie Beatty, which is, or I think it's Beatty actually. I just heard a podcast and she pronounced her name. It's called codependent no more. And she's like, I want you to read this book. And I read the introduction and I was like, I don't think this is right for me. And she's like, just keep going. And so I read the first chapter and I was like, oh my God, this is me. And so I didn't realize I was codependent. I didn't realize. And so all these realizations happening. And so I didn't even know that I needed to have boundaries until I realized it was a problem. And so that's when I started practicing it. And that's even when it came about in my business where it was like, oh, I was attracting all of these clients who were like my mother, who I thought that I needed to save and I needed to protect and I needed to fix. And there is some elements to that in um, professional organizing, but you want it to be like a mutually benefiting relationship. And so I was like, okay, so now I need to implement boundaries that I can't take on certain clients that I know are not good for me emotionally. So for example, maybe about a year ago, a woman emailed me, inquiry came in saying, I lost my mother. I'm going to get that order wrong, but it still makes, it doesn't matter the order, but like I lost my mother. And then two weeks later I lost my son. And then six months later I lost my dad. So she had three deaths in six months. And she obviously then had been working through her grief and now she won She was ready to finally tackle and deal with all of their things. And I really wanted to help her, but I, I knew that this was going to trigger my codependency issues and my need to fix and be the savior. And I was like, I am not the right person to help her. There are other people who can. And so I reached out on our organizers forum, our local one and said, Hey, this client is needing this. She needs somebody who specifically can relate to the grief and loss um, and has enough emotional boundaries that are strong to, to deal with. And, and so people did reach out and I said, I modeled the behavior and said, I'm not in a place right now where I can do that. And so people reached out and they were like checking in on me and saying like, is everything okay? And I said, absolutely. It's just, I'm working through this and I know that I will get too deeply involved personally. And so I'm learning the right clients to say no to. But when I first started my business, I just said yes to everybody. And there, I have another example really quickly, if you don't mind. Um, this woman called and she said, you know, I found your your name in one of the auction guides. Like I put together an auction package for a school and she's like, I need your help. And I said, great. And I, we're doing our phone consultation and, and I asked like, a question that I ask everybody. And it was, so have you ever worked with an organizer before? And she's like, yes, I've worked with seven. And I was like, oh my gosh, you haven't found the right organizer yet. And so again, this was before I started doing the work to even realize like, that's not only a red flag, that's seven red flags. <laughs> It's fine if like you don't fit with one or two, but to have worked with seven, I should have known, but I was so naive. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so if this is resonating with anybody, just understand like the first step to any journey is just opening your mind up to figuring out like, am I this? Can I do this? Just again, that mindset shift that we were talking about at first. But so anyway, I ended up not loving working for her, obviously, 
for a number of reasons. And um, we just kind of both went our separate ways. We just never contacted each other again. I think she got it. But yeah, that's that's a big one to, to notice. <laughs> There's definitely like learning as you go, but then having the ability to reflect on the process as you're moving through to then be able to start to say no in the future. I think all of us go through some growing pains at some point, as especially as business owners, like learning what works and what doesn't. Um, but some of us can be totally blind to the fact that we're just attracting exactly what we need to internally work through first. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes in the early stages of your business, you might not have the luxury of like dismissing clients. Right. I know in the early stages of my business, I was just excited for all leads that were coming in and all clients that I could take on so that I can get more practice. But I think sometimes like right through osmosis of working with people, then you start to identify who is my ideal client and who do I actually want to draw in further? Who is not my ideal client? and Who do I not want to draw in further? So sometimes it is like that trial and error too. That's I know I've gone through point. that as well. And I think too, like to touch on that a little bit more, I think when I, cause I mentor some newer organizers and they get so worried that if they pick their ideal client, it means that that's who they only have to work with. And I'm like, no, you could choose a one-off that you want to work with somebody completely different and try that out because they might end up being another ideal client for you, but it's just good to know who you like working with or which spaces you like working with. There are some people like myself who don't love to get dirty. So we don't love the garages and the storage units and the basements and the attics, but we love a closet or a pantry or, you know, whatever, like a kid's playroom. And so I think it's about listening to those and knowing what you yeah, what you want. And that's a boundary in itself. I mean, that's figuring out what works for you and what doesn't, but it doesn't, I just want to reiterate, it doesn't pigeonhole you into then one specific area. So I think that was a really good point you brought up. So you don't like to get dirty. (laughs) So you're, but you also are not a Pinterest pantry person or you are, but you bring in the heart centered approach. Now I know you also work with moms and you have a second business called Get Littles Organized. So tell us a little bit about how you discovered that you actually like to work in that area and and more about how you do that. I mean, it just kind of happened naturally that the majority of the people who were hiring me were stay-at-home moms. Now, I want to I want to really state that I actually have three stay-at-home dads as well, and they do the same stuff that the stay-at-home moms do while their wives are off bringing home the bacon. And I love that. And so I I should say stay at home parent, although it's still very heavily on the mom side of things. And it just was a natural thing where they were like, I've got this chaos in the house and every day is so different. I don't know how I'm supposed to then get some of this stuff cleaned up, or I feel like I'm in over my head and can you just help? And so just putting structures in place for the family and teaching, you know, a parent who never, learned organizing skills, how to do it. Cause that's the thing that's so great about organizing is people think it's this magic trick. It's not, it's a learned skill. Anybody can learn it. You can learn it at any age. The earlier you learn it, the better. But so I naturally found myself working with moms and then sometimes working with the kids, which was really fun. And then in 2021, well, we had talked about this idea before, but Get Little's Organized was born in 2021. And my best friend, 
was, uh, she is a breadwinner in her family. She has the job that brings in the most money. Her husband also works and he has a couple of different jobs. Um, but he was not bringing in as much. And so he was more of the stay at home dad type does so much around the house, helps out immensely, like carries a lot of that weight. And anyway, the pandemic hits and they had, I think he was in first grade when the pandemic hit. And then they had a a two-year-old who had just been at preschool for not even a month and then couldn't be there anymore. And so she's like, look, now I'm having to be a teacher. And now I realize why I never took that job because I'm terrible at it. But now I'm having to like worry about my son's schedule while trying to fit in all my meetings and actually make money, you know, by not going into the office. And so it's really frustrating. And she said, and then on top of that, they can go outside and play, but we can't go to parks. We can't go to the, you know, like the recreational gyms or the things that they used to do. And so now the house is a disaster zone because we are stuck in here and they have no choice but to play with everything here because they're bored. And she's like, so how do you deal with this with your mom clients? Cause like I'm wanting to burn the house down. <laughs> and so I kind of helped her get some systems in place and be like, look, it also can't all fall on the shoulders of the stay at home parent. The one person you, you guys have to work as a team and your kids are old enough to be helping out around the house and be doing some of these things. And so the thing, the thing too, is that she never learned to be organized. So she was learning alongside her littles and she was like, you know, this was so transformational and, and life-changing for me. I think we should do this as a business. And, you know, we were inspired by big little feelings and how we really wanted to help people kind of build their accountability team and make sure that everybody was learning. Because I've physically watched a child at 10 months old helping with the laundry. Now, is she like folding it? No. But she was pulling stuff out of the washing machine and putting it in the dryer, pulling stuff out of the dryer, putting it in the basket, you know, putting stuff initially in the washer. She can do those things. She couldn't walk yet, but she could hold herself up and pull things out. And then I've got video too. I mean, we have it on our on our Get Littles Organized Instagram where then that same little girl at um, a year and a half is now fully helping and folding things like washcloths and rags or pairing socks. Like she's not doing the big stuff, but she's doing the stuff that she knows how to do and she loves it. And she even asks in one of the videos, she's like, more? And her mom's like, sure, please do more. And so to them, it's play. And so it was more of like, let's not, again, mindset shift moment. Let's not put our preconceived notion that the fact that this is a chore and something that most people hate doing. Why? Can we open our minds up to why we think that? Why have we decided that that's the case? Can we shift our mindset to make it fun? Um, can we, if we can learn from our littles how to make things fun. It's incredible the way that they use their imaginations to make these chores and tasks fun. So yeah, that's kind of how Get Littles Organized was born and We've got this Calm Your Chaos course that's launched, and we're really excited about that because it's basically going to help all the stay-at-home parents put in systems, learn some foundations of organizing, how to set up your home, how to custom tailor systems if you've never been organized, and then how to get all of the family members together to make it fun and make it happen. So we're really excited about it. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, I'm excited about it too. This is, and did you say this is like a course style? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. This is amazing. Yeah. So my family needs this for sure. I definitely did not grow up in a family that organized. Um, I grew up in an environment that often was cluttered with things. And so from a young age, like we didn't know how to do all that, or like we didn't get taught that stuff. We definitely had like things like you help with the laundry and you do those things. But like when it came to day to day stuff, like there were no systems, there were no uh, like places where you always put the keys or you always put this or wherever it might be. And it wasn't until I met my husband who is highly organized and structured and borderline OCD, I think that um, I think it was like the 12th time I must've lost the keys that he was like, forget it. This is the box. We're going to put the keys in the box every time. (laughs) And so like he has actually created the little systems that we have in our home and it does actually make things a lot easier. And so I can get on board with that for sure. Especially like wanting my kids to, to learn where things go. And it's funny because I'm like, shoes go in the rack. And I'm like, well, my shoes with my mom. My son is like, well, your shoes are over here, mom. That's right. They are. Sorry, son. The kids will call you out. They're the first ones to tell you what what you're doing, like, oh not gosh. in alignment with the house rules. Exactly. But they know them. <laughs> they do. It's opportunity, too, to be like, you're right. Thank you so much for reminding me that the shoes go on the rack. I was not thinking when I came in or I was rushed. I need to do that. Thank you for reminding me. And that's, I think, the, the big thing. One of the things you're touching on is that oftentimes, and I think a lot of my um, – mom clients struggled with this when they were like, look, my kid just doesn't want to donate. How do I work on that? And I'm like, well, I mean, have they seen you doing it? They only think that we are asking them to clean their room, to donate toys, to pick this up. They don't say, they don't see that we are doing it too. And so that's the other reason of like getting everybody together on what we call the A team, the accountability team, and everybody's doing it because this, look, honestly, Teaching these skills, and you know, Lexi will tell you this as well as an organizer, teaching these skills young is important because when you can manage space and stuff, you can then use the same tools to manage scheduling, project management, working in teams. These more abstract concepts use a lot of the same structures and foundations as the physical space and stuff. And then when you're talking about being in your 30s and working with a love and relationships coach, you're dealing with decluttering toxic relationships and dealing with grief. And I don't necessarily mean in death, but like the loss of something, um, the loss of a childhood, the loss of, you know, the, the ability to set boundaries, healthy boundaries as a kid. And so you're still then you're, these are life skills is what I'm trying to say. And you're leveling them up. So the younger we start and forget little's organized, we focus on six months to six years, but you're never, too old to start learning organizing skills and implement them. And it just, the sooner you start, the more it becomes muscle memory and you get to just level up to these different areas. And so if people hated organizing or doing chores as a kid, they might be them passing that on to their children, not realizing like you are missing out on some very important life skills that they are going to miss when they get into the work world And they don't know how to organize their desk or keep track of a budget that they've been assigned. You know what I mean? So it starts when they're little. (laughs) Totally. I mean, both our kids are in Montessori and we were actually chatting before recording, um, Jess and I, like in Montessori, they do teach like respect of your space. You know, you take a work off the shelf and maybe it's like pouring water when they're little, they're learning to just like that, um, fine motor skills, Mm -hmm like pouring water or like 
using a little, little pinchers to pick up beans and put them in a different spot. But then the work goes back on the shelf. There's respect for your space. I mean, I, I've walked in and seen my son sweeping more times than I can count. He loves to sweep. And I, we were talking about this earlier where I was like, well, they're coming home. And I think I need to remind them a little bit at home that like respect for your space counts at the, at home too. Like if you spill your graham crackers all over the floor, like here, mommy will get you the little handheld broom and you can help me. And, and then acknowledge their hard work in, in doing that and not making it about them. You spilled your crackers all over the floor. Like you made a huge mess and I'm always trying to clean up after you. Like there's, it's just little shifts, like subtle little shifts that can make such a huge impact and having it not feel like a chore, but having it feel like fun. So I'm curious, what are some of your make it fun ideas? You don't have to give away too much because I'm sure you do it in the course, but well, how can we make it more fun? Well, that you just gave where it's like, he spilled some crumbs. And uh, first of all, I also love that you specifically mentioned getting the, you know, small uh, dust, um, the small sweeper and dustpan, because it is so important to give littles tools that they can use. I mean, how would you feel if the broom that we had to use was like four times the size that we are, right? So we can give them an f- adult-sized broom and expect any result. And even when they're super little, you can't expect the real result. But again, they are practicing the fine motor skills. They're practicing the life skills. They're making, they're putting an effort in and you're helping them and you're with them. They want to be with you. But so something that we've done too is like, quick, we need to get all of the crumb monsters up. Like, do you want to use the vacuum or the, do you want to use the sweeper, you know, the, the broom? And so then they can decide and just making it fun or like one of the ones that we use a lot um, is related to laundry and how my friend will, um, she'll her her daughter came up with this. So she's like, okay, we need to get the clothes to the room. And she was going to carry the basket. And her two-year-old was like, no, let me push it. I'm driving. It's like, I'm driving a car. And so she drives the car down to her room. Beep, beep. Okay. Now let's park the car. And then it was like, okay, then the next step was, okay, we're going to sort. So we dumped the basket out on the floor and her job was to, and this is a three-year-old, her job was to pick out what was her brother's clothes and what was hers. And so her brother's clothes went back into the basket and her clothes went into a little pile on the floor. And that took less than two minutes. And it's something that a, a three-year-old has the attention span for. And then mom would sit there and fold the clothes and then she'd help put them in the in the drawer. But the way that they did it was, okay, quick, the laundry pirates are on their way. We have got to stash the laundry in the drawers before the laundry pirates get here. And so again, it's this fun adventure or like asking a child like, hey, how would a hippo clean the the bedroom or like whatever their favorite animal is or how did Disney princess clean, you know, and they might say like, oh, well, they'll invite all the animals in and you can be like, great, let's pretend that we have our animal friends helping out. You pretend to be the bird and picking this up, like play on their imagination. And if you can't figure out how to make it fun, ask them. They know they're Mm -hmm. this incredible resource of like imagination. So that's how we, you know, and that's a mindset shift in itself is like, if you've always hated organizing because you never really knew how to do it, can you change your mindset to think this is fun? You know, this is something that we want to do. And I love that you mentioned Montessori because we mention it too. And one of the things that I recommend to parents, especially when kids start going to 
preschool or um, even if they're in daycare young and then into their school years is constantly talking with the teacher about what rules are in your classroom. What can I replicate at home so that they get this throughout the whole school year? You know, can you tell me when it's their job to turn the lights on and off? I'll have them do that at home. You know, can you tell me when it's their job to lead the, you know, lead the class out to recess and I'll make sure that they lead the family members out to the car or whatever. So just replicating those same things at home and just making people, making the littles realize that like, yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. We're doing that same stuff and and we're reiterating that at home. So Totally. It's like building habits, putting habits in place, which again, they help you throughout your life, routine, habit, respect for your space. Like these are all things. And you're thinking, or you're mentioning, um, like making chores fun for the adult or making organizing fun for the adult. And I'm curious, I'm like, well, what, how do we do that? Because it's not like the laundry pirates are coming, but I do feel personally, you know, that being organized equals more time in your day for things that are important to you. So instead of spending a lot of time looking for your keys, for example, Jess, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) having a system in place saves you so much more time. It saves your family members time. Everybody understands what's expected. And then that allows you all to have more quality family time, go to the park or have more, have time just yourself to take an extra long bath at the end of the day. Like instead of having to do all the chores by yourself after everybody's gone to bed. Well, if you think about it, time is the one thing that we all have the same amount of. We all have different bank accounts. We all have different amount of friends and family. We all have the same amount of time. And I think being organized, and this is something that we deal with on a daily basis with our clients and saying like, being organized is not about your house looking like it's a magazine. I've got my puzzle from yesterday that I usually finish in one day, but that is a hard puzzle and it's sitting right behind me and it's like, I need to finish it, but it's sitting there and it's not put away and that's okay. Um, But it's not about your house looking like, a magazine all the time. It's about having only what you use, love, and need and knowing where to find it and finding it quickly in a matter of a few minutes. And so that's what being organized is. And we want to teach parents that like, you don't, your house doesn't have to look like a magazine, uh, but it needs to be functional for you. And also too, again, like you guys as moms are going to totally feel this one. But why is it always that the mom has to know where everything is at all times, including the stuff that your husbands are like, hey, where's blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that is your thing. Why do I have to know where that is? So that's the husband in my home. <laughs> so then it, that's the husband in my you home. You can't know where like 100,000 items are at all times. It's just not fair. And so bringing in the accountability of the other team members and saying like, well, where did you put blah, 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 or let's see where we can find it um, is also is also helpful, but I mean, I will say from the skeptic perspective, right. From someone who didn't grow up like this and who had to like literally learn over time and kind of have be forcefully have these systems in place. It is awesome to know exactly where the keys are at at all times and to not lose them. Like my lose rate on the keys has gone way down ever since I met with my husband. No, but, but it is true. Like I, it's funny because I naturally, and probably because of how our childhood and, you know, this wasn't maybe instilled as much and that's no knock on them just the way it was. But I can see how important it is, especially for 
a personality like mine, especially for someone like me who it doesn't come as natural and easy to be able to have these systems and structures in place. And it's so funny. I feel like I'm better at this for my kids. Like their stuff is all really organized. Like they have drawers and like labels and like, why am I so organized with all their stuff? But then I find it difficult to organize my stuff. I'm not sure if you've ever had clients like that, but maybe family dynamics like that where a few people like in the family are really good at it. And then other people aren't and how you even navigate that. um, Well, and even there's organizers who have had, have admitted that they were never organized and then they hired a professional organizer and then they got organized and they loved it so much that they decided to do this as a living. And so again, just further proof that it is a learned skill. But yeah, I think it's all about, you know, you're you're learning alongside your little and you're seeing how it works for them. And I think sometimes even for some professional organizers, it's it's so much easier for us to go into a home and help people organize because we don't have any emotional attachment to the stuff. And so it's much easier to do that. So I think that's why it's easier for you to organize your kids stuff. But then when it comes to organizing yours, there's so much more emotional attachment with it that it's a little harder. So, and this also touches on as well, I kind of want to like bring it back to um, holistic a little bit because again, with holistic organizing, again, it's not about your house looking like a magazine. It's about making your home feel good for you. And knowing that what's happening in your home is often then a reflection of what's happening in your brain. And studies have actually shown this. There are legit studies that prove that your home can be a reflection of what's going on in your head and vice versa. And so oftentimes because this stuff is related to what's going on, you know, with generational cycle breaking, healing your inner child, learning these boundaries, you know, all this stuff, things are tied to memories emotions, situations. You never even know when you pick something up if it's going to trigger something from your childhood. It's funny, I my sister actually we were I was helping her in Arizona clean out her some of her stuff and she had this rubber ducky of mine from when I was a kid and she gave it to me and I was like I feel kind of bad. I have like I remember it, but I have no emotional like I can just donate this. I have no emotional attachment to this rubber ducky at all. I don't need it in my life. Whereas most people be like, oh my God, it's from my childhood. I need to keep it because I used to have this in my bath. And so anyway, my point is, is like when things are tied to emotion, you have to go in with a heart-centered approach and just be realistic and help people realize you don't have to live by what society says is organized. And like, don't get me wrong. I love the home edit. I love Marie Kondo. I don't think though that your house has to look perfect. I think it feels sterile when it looks perfect. I think it's too unrealistic. I mean, my house, I live in 500 square feet, so it has to be organized, but I mean, you should see it on laundry day, right? It's kind of a mess. So, and that's okay because I know how to quickly clean it up. I've got systems in place where I can quickly put things away. And like, um, like we were saying earlier, it's all about getting that time back so that we're not spending so much time looking for things, cleaning things, remembering where things were, but it also means then paring down to what you really truly need. Cause we were all conditioned to be prepared for everything, have all your emergency supplies ready, you know, have everything you need in your pantry at a moment's notice. If you want to have something specific to eat, I mean, they call it a store for a reason you store stuff there and when you need it, you go and buy it. <laughs> Don't store it at your house. <laughs> so. Well, 
Lauren, this has been really insightful, even for me as a professional organizer. So we have a lot of mamas that listen in, and I would like for you to share where people can find you, your course that you mentioned, um, or any particular offerings that are coming up. And I'll be sure to link all the details in the show notes as well. Perfect. Uh, You can find me for my first business, uh, Let Me Organize It on all the socials because I went crazy, but I'm primarily, I like Instagram and I have a Facebook page and I also have some fun YouTube videos. And the best way to contact me is honestly just email. And so my email is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N at let me organize with a Z it.com. And then um, get littles organized uh, is getlittlesorganized.com. And we are primarily on Instagram. We have a lot of highlights um, on our page uh, that you can go and see. And then the course is going to be for sale through our marketplace on Patreon. So we'll have a free version of Patreon. And then we're going to create a fun membership of our Glow Fam, where you can be there and we'll set up Tidy Tuesday challenges and help hold you accountable. And we'll have family tidy time, which you'll learn about in the course. And that course is should be live and ready for you at the Patreon shop. Um, and then is that, I think that was everything. Yes, that was, <laughs> I believe that was everything. Well, and you mentioned a freebie. Oh yeah, so I do. I have a freebie for your listeners um, that will... Uh, I will send to you. And can you attach those types of things too to the to the pod in the notes? Uh, I can attach a link. Okay, perfect. I will try to yeah. then to to link that. And yes, and so it'll be three easy ways to uh, make cleaning up fun. And some of the ideas we discussed here, but there's still some other ones that you can you can use and learn from. I love it. I'm like tidy Tuesday. That's such a good idea. It's tomorrow, well, tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna make it fun. I love it. Tidy Tuesday challenge where we all get, we all as a community of mamas and are held accountable and we do just a little challenge and then you can tag us in your um, photos or whatnot, or let us know what happened. Let us know what challenges you came across so we can help troubleshoot it. So yeah, we're here to be that village that you need and answer questions and, and also just be your cheerleaders and support as well. Love it so much. Thank you so much, Lauren. It was amazing to meet you. And I'm so excited for getting Littles organized. And I followed you on Insta. Yay! Thank you. (laughs) No, it's been an honor and pleasure being here. And thank you for letting me share these things that I'm so passionate about and wanting to help others with as well. So I love being able to have a platform to do that. And I appreciate the invitation because I'm a projector and I needed that invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so true. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarterco. See you in the next episode.